point in waiting any longer. So let's bring her out. The star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ms. Judy Gold. When do you get to quit your job? Um, I guess I since I sleep with my parents, I had no rent. So right. I only had to pay for um, and they paid for my health insurance, Kaiser, uh, which was reasonable back then. Right. And uh, I'll have to pay for my car payment. How car old are payment? you at this point? 22, 23. Right. Okay. So I, I could probably quit telemarketing around 22, 23, 24. Right. And I was just doing one nighters and featuring on the roads. And this is all on the West Coast. Mostly West Coast. I, I did drive out to um, Chicago because my my grandpa lived there right. and I would work all the MC gigs in Chicago right. making like 300 a week but right. in a month it was like 1200 right and, and then that was back. yeah yeah and that was like huge because the because the MC's made 300 and the uh, middles made like seven or 800 yeah Six and I wasn't I wasn't able to middle yet yeah or I wasn't allowed to right you know but they'll yeah, yeah well you're vagina so <laughs> uh, okay. how do you get to New York um, I was, I did Montreal. I did New Faces in right. 98, 99. Okay. So I was about 15 years. Wait, no, I started in 87. So maybe 10 or 11 years in, I did right. New Faces. And do you remember Renee Glicker? Yes. Yes. What happened to her? I don't know. I think she exclusively represents soap opera artists, but she was she started out as a waitress at the comic strip and That's she started right. an agency. Right. And she saw me in Montreal. She said, "Hey, you should move to New York." And that was absolutely oh. all it took. And I, <laughs> I went. Who's waiting? Yeah, I was just waiting for something. And uh, when I I came here for a visit, I stayed with my friend Ray James. He had a place, a giant. He had a giant right. loft condo in Williamsburg that he had no. He did not know the gold mine he was sitting on. Oh, right. Of course, how could he? I, I think he told me he paid like six hundred a month, and it was he it was half of a loft, and it was gigantic. Right. And even then, I was like, that's a lot. But you know, you just okay. Yeah. When I first moved here, Williamsburg was shady. It was like yeah. dangerous. There were dangerous Is areas. There were a lot of lights. Is that Renee? I don't know. I don't think so. Ugh, Looks fuck. probably a client of hers. No, that's Susan Berger. Um, okay. Anyway, um, so Renee well, suggested it. I came down. Okay, go ahead. And uh, <laughs> kind of had to start over again. Renee Glicker. I can't believe it. With right. my credit of Lifetime's Girls Night Out. Oh, right, right, right. And right. Uh, A&E's Comedy so on the Road. So you missed the whole evening at the Improv. I, I did uh, comedy on the road, but right? I went, but didn't do evening at the eighty nine ninety. I was a little 90, bit too young. Yeah, to so get that it, was not good enough. Yeah, that was um, that was evening. No, evening at the Improv. Fuck, evening at the Improv. Caroline's Comedy Hour. Caroline's Comedy Hour. Yeah. and then it was VH one. Yeah, and MTV and all that shit. Yeah, you know, VH one stand up. So, do you ever do the one with I Rosie? Didn't do, no, I didn't do that one. Okay. I did, didn't do MTV's half hour Comedy Hour, mm -hmm. and that, I'm still bitter about that. That she came to. Uh, I never did that. Lisa, what was her last name? Bartlett, maybe. Do you remember that name? Here's, okay, so she, maybe it wasn't Bartlett. I forget her last name. She took every comic in San Francisco but me. And I remember I was like on the maybe list and I called her office and she picked up the phone. This is MTV. Right. <laughs> like, this is a long time ago. Right, the right. executive picks up the phone. And she goes, I'm sorry. That what? was it? Yeah, she, yeah. Something like, I'm sorry. It's not going to work out this time. And I was they, devastated. You know what? People don't realize that... You know, women in the comedy industry at yeah. that time did not help women comics. A lot of them. Probably, yeah. Because 
they wanted the guy attention a lot. You know what I mean? Yes, they wanted I know. to be There's the one girl. That kind of female booker wants yeah. to be the only female. Yeah, there the was room. somebody I remember. I think the book, the Cleveland Improv, that was like that. That liked Whoa. to be. That liked having the male comics of the of that week all over that. Right, and so yeah, you wouldn't be doing that. So you, um, Renee Glicka. Oh, all I right. Know. So uh, how long? So you moved to New York mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. And how long do you stay? In I New was York. here for 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. And you're working where? Um, let's see. The comic strip was the first place to pass me. Right. Oh, no. Al Martin. Oh, Al Martin. Yes, 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 yes. And so I worked in your comedy club a lot. Both right. rooms. I loved it. Um, and I and, and, uh, worked Randy Credico's. I barked for Randy Credico's room in the right. village. Right. It was called the Monkey's Paw back then. I forgot. And uh, yeah, I just climbed slowly, you know, right. and then I started working on Tough Crowd and that right. kind of elevated my right. status. Did, yes. That was. And um, that helped a lot. Uh, yeah. Tough Crowd was great. I love doing Tough Crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you did do a lot. You were a road comic. Yeah, like before you real, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before I moved to New York. Yeah. Um, it, you know, which was, you know, I did the road a lot, yeah. too, but uh, I ended up going to L.A. in the early 90s to do uh, TV, and then I moved back, you know, to have, I didn't want my kid growing up. I know that you feel the same way. You wanted your kid to grow up here. Yeah. You never know. I know. Uh, yeah. And... You know, I try to explain the road to younger comics now, and it's, it's, I mean, I've done it a million times on this show about the, I don't, I still have PTSD. <laughs> like, if I sit and think about, remember, did you ever do um, Comedy Trap in Buffalo and Niagara Falls? No, I didn't. And it was 14 fucking days. Because you would go, it was like a Tuesday through Sunday, and then another Tuesday through Sunday. Yeah. So one day of travel, it was like 13, whatever day. And, you know, in the Niagara Falls one, you're just stuck. I mean, it, yeah. did you have a gun? There, uh, no, but I did buy a Blazer, a Chevy Blazer in right. 1990, back right. when those weren't that common, because right. I wanted to look like a guy when I was on the road. Right. When I was driving through Montana, doing winter right. years, I wanted people to assume that a guy was and in the that, car. And that, I heard, had 500,000 miles on it when you... Yeah, when I ended up, yeah. 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 Um, and so, yeah, I, I realized when I went to... Did you ever do any rooms in Vegas at the time? I did. I did catch... Um, in Vegas, me too. Yeah, with Winston. Yeah, 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 yeah. Remember yeah. her? Yeah, nice lady. You know what she did? What? I, this is my first thing in Vegas, and she was uh, cool to female comics. Yes, she yeah. was great. And uh, uh, they did twenty-four feet of comedy, and it was all <laughs> tall female <laughs> comics. <gasps> oh, who else? Uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Becky uh, Pettigo. Yes. Yes. Um. Uh, tall, black, uh, skinny, really nice. Um, shit. Uh, Bernadette Luckett. Ber- yes, Bernadette Luckett. Yeah. Um, and I forgot who the other one was. That's great. And my parents came. That's and, awesome. Uh, but that's how they did. Like any woman, you were never with another woman. You were never on the road on a sh- in right. a show with another woman. Yeah. And that she really that that really burns itself on your brain. Right. You know, and and just working in a super guy uh, field, guy field really changes and, and, how you And these are interact. guys without filters. 
Yeah, and guys without empathy. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, which makes them... Or morals real- or values <laughs> or ethics. But, right. Yeah, makes them good comics in a right, way. You right. know, they're very compelling, and they and but offstage, they don't notice they're sucking up all the oxygen. And right. They, they just don't notice a lot of shit. Right, And you just guys. learn to bend yourself around right. them, because you're never the dominant comic. You're always the feature, hoping to get booked back, or whatever. Well, I just, had... Who were the guys that helped you? Like... I remember I was working Catch Rising Star Princeton, mm-hmm. and I was opening for the amazing Jonathan. I loved him. Ah, uh, love, yeah. love, love. And he said to me, "You're really funny. You need you if you want a headline. Make do something that no one can follow." Mm-hmm. And I started oh. doing my, and I am telling you, I'm not going. Love yeah, it. that I did on my HBO special. Yeah, and no one could follow. And I started headlining, but oh he was great. There were some guys like yeah. Colin, and yeah. that were really fucking great. Like, yes. who were your, who were your, um, like mentor helped you out, got Gosh. you work. Um, I think Feldman was helpful. Yes, you David. Know? Yes, Just of course. Just saying nice things and right. saying, hey, if you tweak this little yeah. bit. Like, I I was getting a little shouty, I guess, and he said, if you just, if you lower the register of your voice, they will lean in a little right, bit. Right, right. Yeah. And I started sort of, and that relaxed my whole body. Right. And I felt like that helped me get to another level as a comic. I looked less afraid of the audience. Right, you know? right, right. Um. And uh, that's the nicest thing I've ever heard about David Feldman. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's hard to give someone criticism about. It's hard to give someone criticism, especially a him. guy giving a woman. Yeah, yeah. And, and to tell someone to talk lower, a female. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's, it's mm. but the reason he gave what made sense to me, and I started playing around with it. Right, and it and it did help. You that's know, awesome. so uh, you when did you get your first writing job? Um, with Tough Crowd. Yeah, and I remember was, you there. I remember you yes. were writing. Yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, I I had just done the Cuba show in uh, the Guantanamo Bay show, right? For Comedy Central, right? Rick Newman put me on it, right? So this is what I consider life changing, right? Because Rick Newman put me on that one in Sue Costello in Jersey, and he and I think he reversed it before. So so he's like, you're going to go to Cuba, and I was like, oh wow. There was one in Jersey and one yeah, in Cuba. Yeah. So in Cuba, we're there for like. Five or six days, uh-huh. uh, and we only have one show, right? And so there's a lot of hanging out with Colin Quinn, who I right. never met, mm-hmm. Nick DiPaolo, Greg Giraldo, Gaffigan, all those guys, yeah. and I and I felt like, oh my god, I'm I'm a, I'm kind of with the upper echelon right. of guy comics right now, and right. a lot of them have been doing comedy as long as me, but I was never considered a, an equal, right? I know Gaffigan. Uh, I, remember, he bumped me. He yes. comes in, he's like, can I go in it? And I'm like, you used to open for me. <laughs> That's how I open my set. I go, I just want you to know Jim Gavkin used to open for me. Uh, but yeah, I, I know. So it was yeah. cool. So it was exciting to hang out with them. And then I heard about Colin's, uh, this pilot he's working right. on. And I, and, and I was like, oh, that's neat. And then I started heard, hearing about all the people that were writing for it. And he, and he hired a million guy comics. And I assumed they were all better writers than me. And then one of them I heard about, who I was like, wait a minute. I right. know that guy's a shitty writer. Right, right. I've seen his act. Right. This guy's awful. So then I'm like, so then it, then it got to me, oh, maybe there's room for me. If right. there's room for a, 
a bad male writer. There's got There's to be room, room for, for a good so I asked, female. Yeah, yeah, so I asked Boy. him if I could submit, and I and he, he threw me on a pilot for a week, and I didn't. There was nothing to do. There was no writing whatsoever. I think he was just being nice. And then it got picked up, and I and I said, "Can I try again?" And so I did another packet, and then I got hired. There's a couple of us that got hired. So you did Tough Crowd, right? For two years, for the two seasons. Yeah, it was on. such a fucking great show. Yeah, and, then, and so short sighted. I know. To cancel it. I it know. was so cheap. You know? Oh, I know. And it was right before YouTube and it became the, dominant. It would have been the most clipped thing in the history of the world. It still is. Yes. I mean, but it's also like everyone fucking copied that. Oh, I know. That, that uh, yes. format. Yeah. yeah. It's like half the news the news shows are like right. that now. Right. You know? It's like he really did create this. And it yeah. was so great because it was fearless comics. Yes. The Pioneer's um, Plight. The Pioneer's Plight? What's that? Okay, yeah. the pl- pioneer's plight. Oh, like I see. Be- oh, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. You're, you're almost heading to voice probation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. He goes on VP voice probation. All right. So, well, it was also because Bill Maher had already done his show, so right, it was a right. little bit off of Bill Maher. But the fact that it was a, it was more about the comedians and their relationship with right. Colin, and not everyone coming with their memorized jokes about right. Iraq. Right. You know, and it wasn't also there were you know the writers were not writing our no. stuff. No, not at all. Yeah, you wrote stuff for perhaps the third act, and right? Stuff. But, um, but you know, the half of it was like I'm sure Voss showed up and Keith Robinson without ever once reading through the materials, right? And they didn't have to, like they're just going to be themselves, right? And right. So it, it was it also was about Colin being... showcasing how willing to be, how willing they were to be dumb and not care about it, right? And... But it was the one that kept you on your toes the most was Geraldo. Oh my God! Yeah, because. No one could get past that guy. He, he He's so smart, and he wrote a lot of stuff he could memorize very right. quickly, but he could also very quickly abandon it and just deal yes, with you face-to-face, mano-to-mano. And everyone else that did, like, memorize jokes, they were just like, I hope there's a place for me to insert my joke. Right. Geraldo was instantly willing right. to drop it and go right for your throat. Right. And then he could go back and pick it up. He could switch, go right. back and forth. I, I learned not to marry your jokes on that show. Yes, Ooh. for sure. Um, yeah. So... What was it like? You here, you are, um, the only woman, in yeah. the, and and that was a guy show. Oh, like totally, there were yeah. not a lot of women that yeah. were on that show. Yeah. Uh, what was it like being the only woman in the writers' room? Well, it wasn't our room was like it wasn't like a writers' room. Right. It was Ken Ober was a head writer right. and Brian Tucker, and oh yeah, Ken Ober, yeah, yeah, the Jewish, best, and the and, nicest guy, yeah, ever. nice guy, super funny, so right. And Christian Finnegan. And right. it wasn't like a writer's, you know, sort of fucking right. pull your dick out yeah. type of thing. Yeah. And so we sort of, it it wasn't as, um, it was more intimidating just being in that company and feeling like I wasn't worthy. And it was my first writing job. And I'm like, they're going to It's just like, you know, it's me. so amazing because women are always like, oh, no. I know. I'm going to get, you know, found out. And guys are just like. I'm great. I'm there's, fucking great. There's nothing know? to find out. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if you can say, okay, all women are doomed to have that response, then get it over with quickly. Right. Oh, oh, you know, shoot for the moon when you're 20, and then you'll get used to feeling that way, and right. then you don't have to go through it in your 40s, right. 30s, and 40s. Get it over with soon. So, and then be a confident badass yes, for the rest of your exactly. life. Yes. Now, you uh, then, you uh, after the Tough Crowd is over, what do you end up? doing then um i got a job on um uh the late show late late show with craig ferguson right and so i went out to la for nine months with with that 
Um, you still maintained your, and you still have your place in New York. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yeah. So you go to Craig Ferguson. Yeah, and then here's the thing about doing the Craig Ferguson show. Yeah. Well, were you the only woman on the, in that for a time? Yeah. yeah. And then I then I left to do and Corolla. That, and right. Then that got canceled. It was a huge mistake to do okay. that. But whatever. So here's, uh, we need to discuss both of those people. Um, okay. Craig Ferguson, I did the show. Um, I, I don't do well. I feel like I don't do well doing stand up on those shows because I'm not the four minute, you know, memorized every yeah, fucking right. rehearsed second kind of comic. I'm right. more of a storyteller. But uh, I did the show. And what was annoying is he would tape the comics. I don't know if he did this with you, but with me, he had already done the show. And I, then, and I heard he wasn't even in the building. He wasn't even in, you know, they would insert the comic. Yeah. Mm. He'd just leave. Yeah. And, and do show, your intro later or earlier. Right. And so they'd be like, he'd be like, all right, goodbye, everybody. Audience, please stay. We have, uh, and they tape the comic That's and insert terrible. the comic in. And I was just like, Ugh. so it's like, well, I mean, he doesn't have a show anymore, but it seemed like he stopped wanting to have a show. Right. When you when you stop wanting to be part of the guests on your show. Right. That's a problem. But it's also like I this is what I don't get. Like, I would die to have a show like that. Yeah. And I'd be so fucking happy with, you know, I give 100 percent every day. Five thousand yep. percent. Yeah. So you're you're moving to L.A. to be and these people had already been writing for the show. So you're the new writer. Yeah. 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 How was that? Um, That it, it was I like the writers uh-huh. and uh, uh, it just didn't feel like like I, I, I wasn't good at writing monologue jokes. Yeah. Right. You know, and he wasn't. Ferguson, he ended up not telling them. Like he went to some a storyteller format, right? The, so he wasn't good at telling them, right? So it wasn't. So it wasn't like you had to write it. Lot, so what would you write fun. for him? I, I bits, some, yeah, some sketch stuff, and with he that, was still figuring out what the show was, right? Did but he I have that like, stupid robot thing there? No. Okay. Oh God, no. <laughs> yeah. But I wasn't. You know, whatever I had done for Tough Crowd didn't. Right, transfer, transfer over. Yeah. And I didn't have the confidence to go, well, I can learn this. Like, I still just wanted to be a stand-up passed right. at the cellar. Right. That's half the reason I wanted to work on Tough Crowd was right. that... You wanted to work at the cellar. Yeah, and I wanted mm. to just be part of that crew. And I right. didn't want to all of a sudden become a writer that lived in L.A. and wrote jokes that I don't think are funny right. for someone who doesn't like telling it's so, jokes. That's what people hmm. don't get. It's yeah. like you have to write in their voice, and it's so fucking... Yeah, hard to have to think in their fucking voice. Yes. All right, so then you m- move to Adam Carolla, who I don't dislike many people, <laughs> but he was so n- nasty to me. I did what? Ha- what happened? We did one of these tough crowd stands up or something for uh, Comedy Central. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, and was he, he on it? It was, or maybe it was another thing for okay. Comedy Central where we did stand up, and uh, and he was the host. Mm. And uh, we were at rehearsal and, um, you know, we're doing the sound check and everything. And he's like, and our next uh, uh, performer is a female, if you can call her that. Like some really and then like some sort of Bigfoot thing that I had to listen to every fucking day of my life when I was growing up. Oh, my God. And I was just like, what a fucking asshole. Yeah. And you have just a horrible and has daughters. Yeah, he has a daughter. I think yeah. he has twins. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, all right. So you, you work at that show. Mm-hmm. I find, you know, to me, he's a pompous misogynist. He he was, um, he was, you know, his writer's room had one one guy and two women. Right. 
That's really uncommon. Right. And the other was Daley Hager, who's a super funny writer right. that I worked with later, too. Um, so I don't know. In his, his hiring, he was not. See, that's the thing. It's like the Trump thing where you're like, he's a fucking misogynist. And then like the head of his mm. building thing was a woman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whatever. Yeah, I mean, it was weird. You know, he when we the first day we got hired, the head writer said, "Well, he doesn't do written material, so I hope you hope you have a screenplay to work on." And I was like, "Oh, well, I mean, because wait, why were you there then?" Well, I you know we were told it was going to be a lot of dark. He wants to do a lot of dark stuff, and I I felt like that was much more my right. wheelhouse than Craig Ferguson. But then when they, we got there, he you know it. You know how shows, they start yeah. one way and all of a sudden yeah. the, the network goes, you guys aren't doing that anymore, you're doing this. Right. So I think very quickly it was like, you're not doing sketches, it's just Adam talking like he does on the radio, which right. was so compelling and he's great at it. Right. Um, but he doesn't want or need writers for that. And uh, so, you know, it was a kind of a, we kind of fucked around a lot right. and it was fun. We had right. a lot of laughs. So <laughs> how long? We barely got right, anything on, on the, the show. air. All right. So then how long were you on that show? I think that was a couple months, and then it got not picked up. Okay. Then where'd you go? Then I went back to New York. Right. And uh, that's then I started working on uh, the search for America's Funniest Mom 2. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, why am yeah. I involved in television? Right. So, you know, like, all I wanted to do was restart Tough Crowd. That's right, the only right. place I felt at home. Right. And, I, you know, this making a rea- reality, c- comedy reality, it... It's so unfulfilling. Oh, and it's so not reality. And it's not funny. And it's just not, I'm like, any anyone could do the job better than me at this. But I, I got it because I had these other credits. Right. You know? So you do that. What, what's your next writing job? Um, then the Tundra. Then I, I was pregnant. Right. And so now this was not planned. Right. Correct. And you had a boyfriend. I had a boyfriend. Who was a comic. Yes. Yes. And uh, you... It was like what? How did what, he was? Like, he was my feature act. Um, right, that's good in San Antonio. It right, was every mistake I would. I should give like a one day seminar on love and sex for female comics. That's great. Here's my, oh, like nice. not. No, you have to. You don't have to do this. But here's my ex- experience. Yes. Don't fuck your feature act. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was. No. Did you love him? I th- I thought I did. Did he love you? He, I thought he. I think we both thought we did. I think right. we got hot, caught up in a lot of euphoria right. and lust. And then when that settles a little bit, it's like Wait. despite comedy, we right. really have, have nothing, nothing in common. <laughs> so, but he'd already moved all the way out here and was living right. with me. So it was like, well, let's try to recapture he the try first to get, three days. Did he try to get like work from you? No, um, I w- made it super clear that I I wasn't going to help, mm-hmm. which is dumb because I I saw male I saw a lot of guys helping their girlfriends oh, get yeah. on <laughs> on various shows, yeah. and I'm like ah you know, but I felt like I don't know I just didn't think that was right, right? You know, um, so um, so you get pregnant, yeah. Uh, when do you realize you're pregnant? What's your response? What's um, his response? I think. I- I, I was 40 and um, I had, did you remember that book by this woman named Sil- Sylvia Hewlett? Basically, it was like, if you haven't had a kid by the time you're 40, you're never going to have a kid All and right. women are waiting too long. And it was like, a, this this is, right. you know, warning, right. you know, you're waiting too long. Right. So that's when I got pregnant because I was like, oh, well then it's probably not going to happen to me. So I don't have to worry right. about condoms that much. Right. 
Um, yeah, and- that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so I figured I'd have a miscarriage. So right. just sort of wait. Was, so wait, you, wait, like, will you find out your? Pre- how do you find out you're pregnant? I just you, missed a few periods, period. one or two, and I take that little test. You know, like I got, you're having no emotion about this right now. No, because I, I was like, I was like, wow, am I pregnant? This is you're strange. so not Jewish. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I missed my period. Okay, so well, then, I, honestly, I thought I was gonna lose it until like the six month. Okay, you know, so, so you're, I, so you're pregnant like a, and you're walking around going, "Oh, this is just temporary." Yes, <laughs> yes. And I'm okay. making jokes about it, and I'm making jokes about you know trying to miscarry it, right. and run, you know, the whole thing. I um, hope that, that your kid gets to see those jokes. Oh, okay. me too. I, yeah. ha- I have them all. All right, good. I have okay. all my my VHS tapes from right. the comic strip. At all right, time. perfect. <laughs> okay, so uh, you don't. Don't miscarry. No. And do you? T- what do you tell your parents? Um, I just, I just told them, hey, I'm pregnant, and they were excited. My sister was also pregnant, right. so that was their first grandchildren at right. very late ages. Right. Um, so they were super excited. Hmm. There's like so non-Jewy here. What do you mean you're pregnant? All right. So, <laughs> uh, you have the baby. Yeah. And he's uh, he's ten and a half. No, now. but he. I mean, what happens to your relationship? Well, then um, I guess you know when after I did all my detective work, I, I I determined that my ex started cheating on me when my son was about six months old, mm. mm-hmm. and with somebody in Texas, and so mm-hmm. and he had a son from a previous marriage in Texas, so he would go back to see his son, but then he would also see this lady. Mm. Fuck yeah. Him. Does mm-hmm. he see your son now? Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He lives in California, and right. so uh, he gets them every weekend. Fuck him. Um, so <laughs> He's uh, a good dad. He's okay. a terrible boyfriend. Okay. Mm. God, you're so fucking, like, practical and nice. Uh, All right. I'm, I went through severe rage, and mm. I spent a lot of time being very angry and bitter, and spent a lot of, I, you know, I... I spent a lot of money checking records and checking phone records and building like a timeline as if right. we were going to court, you know, right. when it all started and when you, you so know, when we, you confronted yeah. him. Yeah. What happened? Well, I, I he went to work. He was uh, working as a karate instructor uh-huh. and we were living in Venice. Ay-ya-hoo-ya! He just brought my son out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the three of us were in Venice and uh, and he'd just been really rude. And I was it never occurred to me he'd been cheating all these years because he kept saying how much he loved me and it was all my fault and he thought I was cheating and all this. Oh, fuck him. Oh, yes, all this. Ga- like, I'm like, oh, I was gaslit so. Because it was so yes. projecting. Yes. Like fucking Trump. Totally. Yes. Um, so, so then I, I just, you know, and his email was accessible. I, I, I was, I just looked, I started root around an inbox, couple down. There's uh a bunch of emails from this lady and I just start reading them and I'm like, oh my God. And so I remember that I, the first thing I did was called my credit cards and took him off. He was on all my credit cards. Smart. Wow. And then, then I, then he called because he after uh, karate class he was stopping Fuck. by the grocery store and he's like the card doesn't work and I'm like oh that's weird. <laughs> and then Fuck he came you! home and I and we went for a walk and I said I I know about her. And, and he uh, did he deny it? No. Nope. See, my ex denied it. No, I didn't know that. I'm like, well, I heard. Did you have proof? Me- yes, I had phone messages. And, and and you know what she says to me? Why are you? Why were you listening to my phone messages? I'm like, okay, great. 
That solves the problem. Yeah, I'm the asshole. I'm the asshole. Wow. Um, okay, so, because I was calling and calling and calling, and there was no answer, but there was that thing on the cell phone where you yeah. can tell someone's on the other line. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so it was like ringing, ringing, no answer. Finally, the, I got voicemail for the 10th time, and I had a spot, so I was like, I had the kids. I was like, when the fuck are you, you know? Right. And oh, I got yeah. into the voicemail, and instead of leaving a voicemail, I check the voicemail wow you you knew so you were yeah. able to check her voicemail yeah whoa did she know that did she know that yeah. you knew her code of course that's weird that's now i always that knew there's not they don't even it was try 2004 it. i know no they're just like it's like you're so stupid like if i was cheating which i never would like you don't fuck you, they do things on purpose to get caught all right anyway i let's, believe that i believe yeah. that's so true so uh you now yeah. work at Conan. Yeah. Uh, is Mike Sweeney still there? Uh, he is, yes. And what does he do? Um, he's like, he was the head writer, and then he, because Conan does these travel shows now, yeah. it became too much of a job. So he took over the travel shows, so he's sort of like off the day-to-day stuff. I think he's likes it. It's a lot less pressure. Right. Uh, Michael, God, I uh, loved Mike. Matthew O'Brien. Matthew O'Brien. Matt yeah. O'Brien's the head writer, like uh-huh. the, in charge of sketches and mono. And Sweeney does the travel shows and all the remotes, which Conan's so great at. So. Well, Sweeney was the best MC. Oh I my love God, him. so funny. Will you say hi to him for me? For sure. Oh, I yeah. love that yes. guy. How does yeah. he look? Same with white hair. Yeah, I think so. Exactly. And the same. kids and and wife. He, his wife wrote this book called The Nest. Did you hear about it? It was no. it was a bestseller last couple months ago and, yeah. and Jill Soloway is optioned it for Amazon they're going to make it into a movie it's a okay. really good book check it out it's well, called I'll, The Nest and her name okay. is Cynthia Dupree Sweeney okay and they have two kids and they're both at college right now um so yeah yeah I love I love Mike Sweeney yeah. um okay so you are there and there's two other female writers there yes yeah uh Jesse Gaskell is a sketch writer and then Leah Krinsky is the other monologue writer and, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, I love. Well, say hi, please, for, for me. sure. Yeah. And h- how many guy writers are there? Um, there's two other on the mono team, so the mono team split, and then um, two two men, two women, and then sketch. I think it, there might be eight guys. Do you feel like this is a dream job for a female writer? Yeah. I mean, I don't know for a female writer for a, a comedy for writer, a writer to dream period. Writer. But yeah, I, mean, I mean, like he seems like he's a great guy. He's funny. It's yeah. nice to. Because you are sacrificing a part of your comedy life right. for this person, and it's nice when you think they're funny, right? Mm-hmm. But when also, I remember the day he started. Oh yeah, and that he had never done stand up. Yeah, and how it people were really resentful. Yeah, I rem- and, I remember that too. Yeah, and comics remember- that thought they should have gotten it. Right. Yeah. Right. And it was like, well. He did a good job. Yeah. You know? And he's, he just, he's a, a different type of comedy thinker. And he's how do you, brilliant. Yeah, he's very smart. Yeah. Uh, but do, how do you, when he got sort of, quote unquote, demoted to another, to a cable network, how do you think that affected? I, I don't know, because I didn't know him before that. Right. I started at TBS. Right. And when I started, everyone was like really excited. Yeah. You know, they got free reign in a way that, and from what I've been told by the other writers that worked on The Tonight Show, it was really stressful on The Tonight yeah, Show. You have NBC down your throat. Yeah. I'd rather, And yeah. I'm sure even when ratings are great or things are great, but when the trajectory was like, oh, you know, 
what's happening with the show, the ratings aren't that mm-hmm. good, then you just have more executives piling in with their opinion and right. their pressure. And it's not fun. Right. They have and, no idea what's going on. Like, yeah. A well, lot no, of they times, all right? want to justify their job. Yes. Like, and, oh, yeah, yeah, you need to be doing this. Sh- you should, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like you it's get, like, go fuck look yourself. at Colbert took a year to kind yes. of settle. And now with Oh, I'm Trump, on Colbert again tonight. Yeah. Oh, they're oh, rerunning yeah. it? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, but we're not, it's, we're way weeks this is not airing. Okay. All right, whatever. Fuck it. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. So you now have an amazing life. You uh, are a writer. I mean, your father's dead. You did yes. an amazing special about your father. Oh, thank on you. So, uh, so original. Um, just great and, and and you your uh social media ing his death was it, for some reason was so not hacky and so not oh i'm gonna use this to you know what i mean yeah, it was yeah. so I, it was great oh, it thanks, was great um yes. and yeah it was really honest and it's just the fact that you deal with these topics, which is what great comics do. Yeah. The only bad thing about your special is that you have Andy Kindler and <laughs> Pat Oswalt and no women talking about you. You're right. Well, okay. Cheryl Cheryl was on. Oh, yeah, that's right. She's a. Do you know her? No. She's a writer. She's a great writer. Okay. She used to be a stand-up, and we right. met doing The Road, and now she's a like she's on uh, The Real O'Neills right. right now, but she's... <laughs> you would love her. You guys would right. be great friends. Okay. I'm sorry that you don't know her, Okay. and I'm sorry you're taking this attitude. <laughs> <laughs> Put her uh, in her place, Lori. Fuck her, Judy, you fuck. <laughs> All right. So, so, stand in the um, corner. You wrote Shitty Mom, another thing I'm jealous of. <laughs> Uh, great book, but you, you did you write with Jessica Seinfeld was part of it? No, or no? she was friends with the other women what that is were this? co-authors. Oh, co-authors. yeah, and so they sh- they she gave them a pull quote in the back. Oh, all yeah. right, yeah. You don't want to. What do you need a pull quote from Jessica Seinfeld? Who knows? Um, Lori's special, by the way, is uh, called Forty Five Jokes About My Dead Dad, dad. My Dead, dead Dad, dad. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's on CISO. Yeah. Oh, it's I've, so good. It's like a mini yeah. documentary documenting your father's, great, thank you. you know, journey. And what a great thing to have and, and uh, to memorialize your father. And so that's what, yeah, that's what I love. Like my son, I'll, that'll probably yeah. be his interaction with his grandpa. Yeah. I won't remember too much. Right. But uh, yeah, the idea to put the other footage in was Chris Italia and Frank and those guys at, right. at the stand. You it's know? great. Yeah. Um, I have been begging uh, my manager's begging them to give me a special. I haven't done a special in 10 years. Wow. I have so much fucking material. Yeah. Okay. Um, so. I sh- or would you shoot it yourself first and then sell it? Or do you want, are you trying to get them to, someone else to pay for it? I'm trying to get them to. It seems like a lot. I mean, I that's how I did it. I shot the stand-up myself, couldn't sell it. And then Chris and Frank and those guys brought, brought in changed it a little bit with the documentary smart smart yes smart. and then they sold it to CISO oh that's a great idea so I mean you might have Janine to... what happened how did she do get hers I don't know I'm not sure she's Janine right right so uh, <laughs> okay so you are a best selling author for one uh, week yeah I don't 
Why do you do that? Guys don't do that. I know. Guys so, don't do that, that. You're doing the same thing you were talking about. All right. You know every other guy would be like, oh, on the best sellers. <laughs> and that's how you should fucking be. You fu- should be fucking proud. I wrote All a book right. that was never on the best seller list. You won two Emmys. Oh, please. All right. There you go. You ah, sound the same. You just did it. Oh, but Ridiculous. it was for Rosie. Ah, you know, it doesn't count, eh? It was daytime. But All it right. was for Rosie's oh, daytime. Oh, That's All not right. competitive at all. I know. I'm just being an <laughs> asshole. I just did it. Okay. So, uh, you, um, so you were a best-selling author. You have another book coming out. Yeah. You have a special. Do you, uh, you have a job. You have a kid. Your mother lives with you. The mother living with you must be fucking awful. It's... I have no privacy. Like my son sleeps in my bed. Right. Um, I I am very Jewish. <laughs> I don't yeah. have I don't have any privacy. Yeah. It's so just, when you go on the road, that's when I'm alone. I know. That's what I feel like, like. And I'm fine for like two days, and then I miss my kids. I can go longer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you talk to him every day? I. I, here's what happened. Last night, I tried my first edible, which I would never do if I had my son, but I, I don't. He's not You've with me You've never had week. an edible? No. Oh, no I wonder. I still you, feel it. Yes, yes, but, yes. But uh, last night, do I- Do you smoke pot? No. Oh, well, that's why you still feel it. Yes, I fell asleep as soon as I got home from my spot, which I can't believe I did. Okay. And <laughs> um, and so I missed his phone call, but I'll, I'll be- Did I'll you be, feel guilty? Yes. Well, like how guilty? Little. So, because I would, I would be like, "Oh my god, I missed his phone call." I'm the worst, but like that's how bad I am. All right, well, so, he doesn't have his own phone. It would, right. it's through grandma. So. Right, right, right. No one would be able to tell that you still feel the brownie. Um, Good, I'm glad. Uh, was it a brown? It wasn't a brownie. It was, was it? A, a tootsie roll. Oh, nice. and it just seems so adorable, and I was right. and I was like, "This has got to be like having a glass of wine, right?" <laughs> and it was so much more than that. Mm. Lori, um, we ask our our guests mm-hmm. the two questions, yeah. every one of them. Uh, I'm going to say absolutely not for the answer for the first one. What do you think? Oh, uh, um, I say yes. Really? For the. For the, yeah, for the yes and no one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm going to say no. Okay. I'll say yes. Okay. Okay. Are you on any antidepressants or have you ever been on antidepressants? Uh, I'm not. No. Uh, I tried um, something once in my early 20s and I did, took it like three times. Okay. okay. You, you win. win. You yes! win. Right. Therapy? Yes, I haven't been in a while. It's been about six months since I've been. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah. Um, I knew it. Well, good for you. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, I I mean, whatever. But I was diagnosed as like mildly depressed. And I and I I just felt like that's just a personality. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and Mm -hmm. I don't need to medicate that. And I'm not I'm not dysfunctional. I can totally function. And maybe this is just my outlook on the world. And that's okay. Yeah, um, that, and am I wrong? Look, if I mean, you're, it's no, an awful if place. you're negative, <laughs> no, if you're negative, as I just went through this in therapy, if you're negative, it's sort of a um, defense mechanism of not of being disappointed. You know, Probably, like so yeah. you're never disappointed because yes. you're like, well, d- duh. Yeah. Um, but, but you it's can't also enjoy. how comics are going to view things, right. and it makes it makes your comedy. I know. Different, I was afraid you know? to go on them because I thought, but now I'm. It's, it's, uh, yeah, um, yeah. I okay. mean, if it helps you just get to be able to Through do all the, the stuff you want to do, yeah. then it's great. You Even know? though I've lost 
my mother's earring. All right, now the uh, <laughs> what makes you really pissed off? Like rage, pissed off, like ag- like fucking yeah. oh, r- rich kids. Mm. Nice, um, good one. Ivanka mm-hmm. Trump, Jared Kushner, right? Mm. All the Trump kids, even Chelsea Clinton. Yeah, you know, all of a sudden on the board of Expedia, it's right. like. Mm. What the fuck? Right. And all the kids who, uh, you know, can't intern at places where you get a lot of, you know, experience uh, working at a studio or something because they can't afford to work for free for eight hours a day because they have to pay for their college or they go to community college. Right. So uh, it seems like there's a system of rich kids get to have all the experiences. They get to meet all the right people and network in addition to having the confidence that comes from being born in a certain place right. and kids that are are don't have any of those things right like, it's hard to even dream it if you can't you haven't visited it right or seen it up close and right. or know how it works right. you know so, so that enrages who's me. the one you hate the most right now i guess i would say i hate ivanka the most yeah 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 because I, I, I you know why i can't stand them because we thought they were going to be the voice of reason. You know, like we, we thought the kids. No, people. Oh, I see. People That's thought- how some people uh, wrote off their vote for Trump is he doesn't mean it. Ivanka's going to yeah. tone him down. And a lot of the Jews were like, well, Ivanka converted and he's and Jared's Jewish. So it'll be fine. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. God. You know, but it. she's so fucking out out of touch yeah like that's yeah. why i loved clinton because he was a single mother alcoholic yes, father himself, yes. yes he knew what it was like to grow up poor right. and to grow up seeing that kind of violence right and yeah it's it's and really with, takes a toll same on the with psyche barry obama yes you know yeah. real real circumstances yes mm-hmm. so would you venture to say that even beyond the rich kids it's the rich kids parents yeah oh for sure yeah, yeah. It, but there are some rich people who don't raise their kids like that. Correct. Correct. Like you, you probably Cooper. don't know they're rich, though. Anderson can't Cooper point them out. is. Yeah, Anderson Cooper. Well, Anderson Cooper is a queer also. And so he's. I just feel like. Yeah, but there's so many you have queers. have to go through so much. No, to no, 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 no. He really, really need to want He one. really does not want. He does. He's not getting any money. He works fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, he did you watch the documentary he made about Gloria? Yeah, his wife, his, his, his wife, uh, mother, mother, his baby mama. Yeah, so amazing, so amazing, yeah. so cute. And just the the uh, like her life. She's still alive. What she saw. And I know. Just, and, and how she was treated. How she and what she saw historically. Yeah, the century turn, and right. she's part of the Gilded Age, the last right. vestiges to what it is now. And seeing your son go out a window, window. i'm window. like i can't once I can't, you're a parent too much it, it, it all and everything changes god damn you know like yeah. even like that that uh whatchamacallit song if uh you know the eric clapton song oh, oh my god in heaven yeah oh, uh, that god. had so much more meaning after i had a child oh god yeah oh yeah all right. Speaking of really positive stuff, um, thank you, thank Lori you, man. You fucking rock. Uh, Lori is on uh, Facebook like everyone else, but yes. she's on Tweetar. Follow her tweets; they're fucking brilliant. 
The Jackie and Lori Show. The Jackie and awesome Lori Show, Check yes. Oh, um, my good friend, Jackie Cation. Yeah. Has she been on your podcast? No, we got to get her on. You guys would be Yeah, I need her on. Yeah. Um, we, I think, yeah, we've okay. tried to get all you guys. Do you come uh, out to L.A.? Yeah, when I when I have work. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Cool. Uh, Lori, I can't thank you enough. Thank you, Judy. No, thank you. <laughs> you are the best. You and are the best. Keep, keep it, keep uh, it fucking coming, bitch. I'm thrilled. We're still we're colleagues, I and we're know. still in show business. I know, and we're and not we're quitting, and we're not letting them run us right. out. Fuck yeah. them. We're Fuck still them here, all. and we're funnier than most of you guys. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I like that. Woo! <laughs> honored, right. honored to be here. Thank you all for listening, <laughs> and as we always say, salut. <laughs> Uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. So long. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.